brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. To gambling with an edge. And now, here are Bob and Richard. Good afternoon. Welcome to Gambling with an Edge. I'm Bob Dancer. And I'm Richard Munchkin. Today we have a repeat visitor from somebody from two years ago who calls himself Lone Wolf, who recently has also been gambling with his daughter, and for lack of being able to come up with a better name, decided to call herself Wolfetta because she's related to the lone wolf. Uh, wolf and Wolfetta, welcome to Gambling with an Itch. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right. The first question is, how did you, how did, uh, lone wolf, how did you talk your daughter into playing with you? And basically, how does that work? Well, from my perspective, um, you know, I started doing this about 14, 15 years ago when my daughter was very young at that point. And, uh, she always found it interesting and talking about my trips and when I'd be practicing, uh, playing on the table sometimes, she would show interest in it and, and, uh, be, became very just interested in what we were doing, what I was doing. And, um, so as she got older, we finally decided that uh, when she turned 21, uh, even though we had several casinos around us, we would wait in a couple months and make a trip out to Vegas. So over a uh, vacation time, we went out to Vegas for uh, three or four days, and um, we started from there. So, Wolfetta, were you practicing during the lead-up to that, learning basic strategy, learning how to count? I was mostly learning basic strategy. At that point, I was still at college, so I didn't really have the capacity to get good enough at counting to play at the tables, but certainly proficient. So in the beginning, this was more of a kind of cover idea, right? Because you're playing with your daughter, so it looked more innocent. Was that the idea? Well, there was two aspects to the, the play. One... We would sometimes sit at a table and I would count cards. Um, but there was another aspect that uh, she was very good for advantage play and got to lead the effort. Um, she's relatively short and has much younger eyes than I do. And uh, was able to pick off whole cards at many games that I had no opportunity to pick off whole cards at. Well, that is a tremendous partner to have. Um, and... Because of the difference in age, if you chose to, you could also make it look like you don't know each other, 
because you're if you go in separately and you're such different ages, they're not going to put the two of you together very easily, I would think. That could be. That 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 could be. Um, we've always uh, played as father daughter, um, but certainly we could separate. We we've just found it's fine, even when we're sitting at a table whole carding together. Um, to just, you know, be father-daughter. It's just a dad and his daughter out at the casinos playing, and it seems very innocent at that point. Yeah. Have you ever been picked off? I mean, playing a whole card? Not, I mean, card counting, they can always eventually figure that out. But have you ever been picked off playing a whole card? We were picked off once. We were whole carding, and a pit boss came over, and he kind of nudged the dealer and told him to be a little more careful when lifting up the cards. So we weren't explicitly told to leave, but it was very clear that they were suspicious of us, and we did have to leave soon after. The advantage was gone once they started hiding the cards. Still, if that's the worst that happens, that's, uh, you know, that's... Wow. Well, you've, you've, uh, you, you've done a really smart thing. I mean, uh, I, I think you could make an awful lot of money with this combination. Yeah, thankfully with the young eyes, I'm able to kind of pick up the card just by glancing at it while talking to him, especially it's easy to look distracted and like I'm not paying attention. So, Wolfetta, you are a old married woman. How <laughs> does your uh, how does your husband feel about this uh, side job? He finds it interesting, mostly on an intellectual level. He's not necessarily interested in playing. He has played with us once. We were whole carding, so I just kind of gave him some code words and told him what to do, and he just kind of played the cards and enjoyed the atmosphere of the table. Whenever I play with my dad, we always use his bankroll, so win or lose, it's all his money, which means there's really no risk on my end, so he's not really worried about that. And what did uh, your mother think about this whole arrangement? I think she saw it coming. I think she wasn't surprised. I'm a lot like my dad in many ways, and it's something we had talked about ahead of time, so definitely for both of our personalities, it fit. And Lone Wolf, you don't play full-time, right? You you have a, a day job of some sort? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my, my wife and I have some uh, real estate investments, and I have a full-time day job. I'm just still basically doing what I was before. Um, I've passed 2,000 hours in the last year or so over my uh, 14 years of play. So yeah, definitely not full-time at this point. Oh wow, 2,000 hours over 14 years. Yeah, it might be 22 or 2,300 hours, but it's uh, it's it's not a ton. It's still only about, uh, you know, maybe 120, 130 hours a year. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm probably I'm probably underestimating. Uh, oh yeah, I'm uh, sorry. I'm about, I'm around 2,500 hours now. The last two or three years I've been playing a little more, but uh, you know, for the first 10, 15, 10, 12 years, I only played maybe 120 hours a year. Do you ever tell the dealers that you bring your daughter along because it's cheaper than paying for a babysitter or anything of any <laughs> any kind of running joke of that nature? We, we, we've had a, a few stories of her being very young and, and pit bosses wondering about it. Um, I've never used, quite used that one there, but, uh, if you want to 
tell that one story that you were saying about the the pit bosses watching you and wondering about how old you might be and yeah this actually happens fairly often when i sit at tables even if you have to be carded coming in i look so young that they often card me again so we'll be sitting at a table playing and i'll notice either dealers or dealers and the pit boss talking and then looking at us and then talking and I always get so worried that maybe they've noticed something and it always boils down to one of them walking over and asking my age either a because they're taking bets on how young I actually am and b because they actually need to card me huh so do you do you ever go I mean so the idea of playing without I as a refusal just would never work at all right because they're always going to be carding you um because of your age, do you ever go get the wristband from security so that you can just show them the wristband? And... Yeah, I've done that a few times. All right, so we've had, uh, I don't know if you've heard, we've had a pandemic recently. <laughs> Have you, either one of you, used the fear of pandemic to your advantage? Yeah, I do have a, a story for that. Um it was shortly before everything shut down, and um, I was playing a blackjack variant, and if you remember from the uh, couple years ago, uh, I primarily play variants when I play. I don't play much blackjack itself. I live in total under fear that they're going to see everything I'm doing when I play blackjack, but when I play variants, they don't know the plays. They don't. They, it, it, there's just so much cover without even having to give away any EV that I, I, I just play them. And I was playing a variant, and one of the advantages of that is you you tend to get dealer errors. And I was starting to get some dealer errors, and I realized this a lot of times you get the dealer error, and then after once or twice they realize, oh, wait, wait, I can't do that. I'm paying you wrong. But uh, this dealer I had come to the conclusion was not going to figure that out, and no one at the table, fortunately, was saying anything. So um, I was just waiting for the time that the pit boss would come over, and uh, correct the situation. And um, the pit boss was not coming over, and it had been about an hour or two, and I'd realized the pit boss just never was really coming that close. And uh, I suddenly realized one time when he came nearby that I just happened to cough. Um, I had been getting over a cold. It was, I knew it was a cold. It didn't have any of the, the corona symptoms, but I had a cold, and I had a cough. And I saw him once come near the table and I just turned away and coughed and he immediately just turned and walked away. And I realized, oh my gosh, the pit boss isn't coming over here because he's afraid of me. So basically any time that he got in the area where there was a chance of catching the dealer error, I would just kind of turn, lean back and cough in the other direction and he'd turn around and walk away and I was at that casino for several more hours that day, collected about $3,000 in dealer errors, and no one was ever the wiser because the pit boss never got close enough to correct it. So I, I had a similar situation back when there was the uh, SARS epidemic, and um, I was with a partner, and we were trying to get on a game, and we needed the seat that this particular woman was in and we were trying to get her off the game. And uh, I just started coughing and said, man, you know, I have had such a cough ever since I got back from Hong Kong, which is where the whole SARS thing started. 
and man, she was up and gone immediately. So yeah, it's definitely a way of of getting people out of seats that uh, you know that that works well. When I'm playing, and somebody near me is sniffling, and tells me it's just allergies. My <laughs> normal reaction is that's what they all say. Goodbye. I'm out of here. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, we always want to be on a game alone anyway. We don't want other people on our table. So, yeah. It's, and, and you know, we've had many stories on the air of people doing things to try to get people off of tables. But that was definitely the most effective thing that I ever did that, to get rid of people. Right. Right. Speaking of taking entire tables, it reminds me when you were asking my daughter about um, her husband and playing and things like that. The one time that he did play with us, uh, my wife happened to be along on the trip as well. And we actually, um, we, it was a semi-crowded table. So the way we got everyone off, um, because it was a situation where my daughter could call the plays out to the entire group, um, that uh, we asked when when a couple of us got there and there was someone betting enough, we asked them to raise the table limit. And eventually it was a limit that most people don't play at this game. So everyone, you know, wasn't interested in playing. And then we ended up just taking over the table. It was uh, my daughter, her husband, my wife and I, we took over the entire table and, and played away in that situation. So that worked very nicely too, to take over a table. Yes. Uh, there were certain games we used to be on. The first thing we would do is ask, can you raise the limit and make it a no smoking table? Right. Um, so, yeah. Anything to keep them away. <laughs> and which is much harder now that they have limited it to three people at a table. You know, there it's, and, and for some reason the casinos are too stupid to open more tables. Uh, you know, uh, getting, getting seats can be a real problem now. It is. Actually, um, what I heard you mention that in a previous show, and I was going to tell you that I've spoken to um, several dealers and pit bosses in this area, and they have said that uh, they're, one of their biggest problems is they can't get the dealers to come back. Um, some of them are actually making more on unemployment, um, you know, with the, the bonus money in unemployment right now. Um, that they could, they just have been asking dealers to come back, and they can't get them. Because I know at several of the casinos I've been at, um, the tables are full. It's hard to get a seat. I literally had a woman stand behind my table for three hours before she finally got on it um, shortly after one of the casinos opened. And I said, why don't you have more dealers here? And they're like, we just can't get anyone that's willing to come back. Well, that yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be out there dealing uh, with, with this still going on. And right. some places have taken to waiting lists. You know, where you put your name on a list to get a seat, but, you know, a lot of times you want a seat on a specific table and you're not going to get it, you know. So, yeah, right. it, it is a big problem. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, I haven't had too much problems getting on any tables with the games I wanted to play, but, yeah. And the limits are higher. That's one. Some of the casinos I'm at, you can't find anything under 25 bucks right now for a minimum. Well, see, that's smart, but a lot of casinos, for some reason, are not raising the minimums. I, you know, again, I, it just seems stupid. It's supply and demand, right? So when the demand yeah. is up, you should be raising the price. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I was playing a one of these carnival games the other day, and they were, were going to raise the, the minimum to $50, and I've never seen it at 50 
Yeah. But, you know, they just, because the tables were full, they could do it. If the two of you were playing and were ahead at the end of the session, let's say you were cashing out for $2,500, which of the two of you would go to the cage and how would it work? Well, I can tell you we'll, we'll sometimes both go, but it is one of the ways that I've um, been able to extend. Um, I, I generally almost, almost always play rated. Um, it, it, and I've been able to do a great job masking my winnings over the last several years. Um, over the last three years, I've made about $50,000, but on my win-loss statements, the casinos have me losing $20,000. I've gotten several ways that from simple rat-holing chips, but one of the ways I've hidden wins is when my daughter and I are playing at the table, I'll play rated and she'll play unrated. So what I'll do somewhat near the end of the session is I'll start shoving chips over to her pile and then we'll cash out a few minutes apart so that she takes the big pile of chips, which they don't rate, and I take the little pile of chips, which they do. Okay, so Will Feta, when you cash $2,500 of chips or more and they think you're 14 years old or whatever number they come up with, how does that go? Well... There was one time when I cashed in chips and I happened to have hit a royal flush in a game I was playing. So I had genuinely just kind of hit a jackpot at the table by luck. So when I walked up with a few thousand dollars worth of chips, uh, the lady was like, how do you how did you win all of this? And I was like, I got a royal flush. <laughs> so normally I just walk up and say something like stupid that I hit a jackpot and I kind of act really young and excited and like, this never happens. I can't believe it. So that normally makes it believable. Yeah. Well, good. And of course, if you're, uh, when you have more than $10,000, if it's between two of you, that gets around some of the, um, structuring rules. Although, if you're playing rated, they, uh, it's not a big deal. Yeah, I've never CTR'd. Um, if I have that many chips, I'll only cash out some of them and come back sometime later. But, yeah, I am playing rated, so I'll when I'm done my session, I generally walk over to the cage and cash out all my chips, with the exception of I rat-hold too many chips. I can't, you know, have them check me out at the table at one number and then go over to the cage and, and cash a lot more. Yeah, and if it's a place so, that you're playing all the time, there's nothing wrong with coming back with chips, so. No, no, I'll generally pocket them, and uh, when I come back the next time, I'll just go to the cage to start, cash them out, and then go to the tables from there. So, Wolfetta, part of your act seems to be the dumb little kid. That is definitely of. true. <laughs> Do you, have you ever said anything that said, how does a dumb little kid know that? Yeah, I made a comment once about never hitting a soft 17 and how the day I did that, I wouldn't come back to a casino again. Never and my dad, what did you say? Never stand oh, on Oh, never stand on a, yes. There was a time when I made a comment about how I would never stand on a soft 17. And the day I hit that, sorry, the day I stood on that, I would definitely leave the casino and never come back. And my dad just kind of leaned in and was like, someone who doesn't understand this game probably would not know that. So I've definitely made a few comments like that. 
and uh, somebody who could hold card, that wouldn't even be a true statement, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Part of the fun part of her acting like she doesn't know anything is we taught her how to hold card and what the right plays were, but she doesn't actually know the strength of the hands in some of the games we play. And I intentionally make sure I never learn it. So I understand (laughs) what to do if I see a king. If my hand is a king nine, I keep it. But I genuinely could not tell you whether a flush beats a straight. And I don't want to know because I can act genuinely shocked at the table when I've beaten the dealer. <laughs> I, I That's hard for me to imagine. That's, that is pretty <laughs> crazy. I mean, I would think by now you've been playing for a while. You would know whether a flush beats a straight by this point, right? I do a pretty good job of compartmentalizing that and forgetting <laughs> it once we leave. <laughs> <laughs> she might only wow. get up there once every six months or or so. So by the time we get back, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah. It's true. And you have no desire to learn. No, because it would be harder to put up that act. The more genuine I can be, the better. I mean, she knows if I see this, I do that. If I see this, I do that. But the actual strength of hands, which is irrelevant to the play, she doesn't know. So does she signal you the card or what to do with your hand? I generally signal the card that I've seen. We have certain codes that we use that mix well into a natural conversation that we're having anyway. Right. So verbal signals. Yes. Right. Which are better because if they, they can rewind the tape and there's no hand signal for them to find. So that's that's good. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the masks have been great, because when we're talking, they can't even tell what we're saying in the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and so you guys have no fear about being back playing, uh, what with COVID and all? Uh, I mean, she's young. The reality, and she doesn't really hang around many other older people that she could infect in a way. Uh, you know, neither of us is reckless out there. In our lives, you know, we're cautious with masks and things like that. But, you know, I'm not young, but I'm not at a point where I have total fear of it. But, you know, I, I, I'm cautious. I, I stay away from people. I'm wearing a mask. But, you know, my, my daughter and I have played once since the casinos reopened. And I was literally, we were at a table and I was literally just counting out loud um, because they couldn't see my face and I was too far away for them to hear me. But she could hear me the whole time. Just counting you know the, the dealer couldn't hear you no because i was i was still muttering it i wasn't really loud but i was muttering it that i knew that she could hear me but the dealer a few feet away could not so what percentage of your play is counting and what percentage is whole cards it really depends on what we see we generally look for whole carders first since the ev is better on that game um, but if we don't see anybody, then we go ahead and play a different variant. So, but, but when you say you're counting, you're not counting at regular blackjack, you're counting at a, at a blackjack variant game of some sort. Yes, almost always. Yeah. I yeah, that helps. I, I live in, like I said, I, I, anytime I have not been able, like there was one time recently I got out that I could not get on a variant and I sat at a blackjack table for about an hour and a half and I just was, you know, paranoid, I can't spread too much, you know. When my daughter and I are playing, 
you know, we'll have her sitting at the table betting $10 minimums um, during neutral or negative counts. And then if the count starts to turn positive, we might swap out and I'll play. And I'm suddenly, you know, the older dad who bets more and I'm throwing out two hands of 500. So, you know, we're talking about a spread of 100 to 1 right there. And I would never consider doing that at a blackjack table. But at the variance, no one says boo. I've literally got up once and asked how much the my average bet was. And the, the pit boss said, well, I, I have you rated here as some hands of 25. And at some time you were playing two hands of 500. And, and and the pit boss isn't questioning it. No. Yeah. So um, have you had uh, many barrings? Um, well, the last time I was with you, I told you I had been barred about four times. Um, I, I looked over my records a little bit. Um, I have not been backed off a table for over four years now. Um, the last time I was backed off was the Taj, and they've been closed for about four years. Um, I've had a great run that way. You know, I'm not, not spreading. I'm playing 25. I'm going up to a couple of hands of 500. Um, I think my playing rated has really helped me a lot with that. Um, because of several things that I've been able to do, you know, the, the fact that, uh, I've generated losses on paper. So if I am playing rated and someone is curious, um, they can look at the record. Nah. He's losing money, so if he's trying to do something here, he's not very good at it. Well, also, uh, a bigger factor, I think, is that you're not counting cards at regular blackjack. I mean, I, I I say this all the time. Like, if you get away from counting at normal blackjack, your edge goes up and your heat goes down. Absolutely. I mean, I have literally had a session where I was playing a game one time, and I was actually losing. And, and when I lose, I'll let myself act frustrated and all that. And I had the pit boss come up and start trying to correct me on all the errors I was making on my play. And, you know, the reason you're losing is because you're hitting these hands, which you shouldn't, and yeah. you're surrendering this hand, which you shouldn't, and you're making this other play, and that's wrong. And, you know, you got to learn how to play the game. And I, you know, literally a pit boss is trying to tell me how to play the game. And, and I know another As time, if they knew. <laughs> I, mean, he did. I mean, he was giving me all bad advice. I mean, it was terrible advice he was giving me. Um, I was playing another variant a few months ago, and uh, someone happened to have printed out from the Wizard of Oz the basic strategy for the game and laminated and made a little, you know, basically business-type card size thing for themselves that they had at the table. And uh, the pit boss finally said, hey, can I see that? And he takes it, and he's looking at the card, and he said, wow, I had no idea that it was that different than regular blackjack to play this game. So, I mean, they have no clue. They're, and the people at the table have no clue. They think I'm a, the, the village idiot so many times because they don't know the basic strategy for the game, not to mention the fact that, you know, the one game I told you before I play Spanish, you know, if the count goes even slightly negative, you're hitting 14 against you're hitting 14 against a five and a dealer six. Well, there isn't anyone in the world that's not shaking your head when they do that. So if I'm generating losses on paper and they think I'm a village idiot, and the people upstairs in surveillance probably don't have software that actually you know tracks the proper plays on that game, I, I feel like I'm playing with almost impunity at this point. 
Yep. When you lose control because you've been losing, <laughs> do you ever forget that it's an act and actually lose control and do something stupid? I, I, I would say once. Uh, and this was years ago, and I can even just say it was the Brigada because it was probably 12 or 13 years ago. Now there's no way they're going to rewind the tapes and find this. Uh, I, I just, it was, and I told you guys the first year I was, the first time I was on a couple of years ago, my, I, I basically lost at the tables for my first 200 hours and it became a little infuriating after a while. And at one point I was down to maybe about 500 left in my pocket and the count went slightly positive and I just grabbed everything and shoved it out in a single bet, which is just the wrong play anyway, because I didn't give myself the ability to double down or split. So I'm clearly just making a bad play anyway, but literally it was every bit of cash that I had. And, um, so I, I shoved that out there and I, I lost the hand. And then, uh, as I go to leave the uh, parking garage, um, the, the attendant asks, uh, you know, it's, it was $5. And I said, do you take credit? And she's like, no. And I said, well, I don't have any money on me. And she says, well, good, just go. <laughs> so I, I, I think, I think it's only the, the only, and it was really only within those few moments that I just was flustered after a bunch of losing hands after a, a, a long session. It's, it's the one time I can say I lost control, but the rest of it is, Truly an act. I now I had truly let my emotions flare up, but I know what I'm doing, and they are my emotions of losing are genuine. But at the same time, I realize this is a great act later because when uh, I go throwing the money out there because I'm pissed, it seems a little more reasonable. So Wolfetta, it is a stereotype that women are more emotional than guys are. So you could get away perhaps with more emotions showing than your dad does have you ever used that to your benefit i actually think i have more trouble showing emotion at the table than he does because he uh -huh. has a lot more hours on the tables so he knows that acting up actually makes him look more discreet but whenever i start acting up i'm like oh they're gonna look over here and they're gonna notice us so i am a little more afraid to show a lot of emotion even though it's often the correct thing to do to look more discreet so it's something I'm learning as we continue to play, to get more excited and more frustrated for certain things. But you're also betting a lot less, right? You're betting $10, and he's the one betting the $500. Um, but, it depends. Oh, so sometimes you're betting the money. If we are whole carding, we're both betting the same amount of money. Yeah. I. You know, the other danger is uh, if you're the person on the table betting small money, and your BP is betting big money, and you're reacting when they lose, but maybe you're winning, and the dealer's like, why are you upset? You won the... <laughs> you know, I won my $25 bet, but the BP just lost a $1,000 double down, you know? Um, so sometimes well, you have to be careful about reacting to that. And if you're a $10 player normally and you lose a $25 bet, that actually can be more upsetting to you than the emotion somebody feels losing a $1,000 bet if that's their normal. Sure. So yeah. the absolute size of it doesn't have a whole lot to do with it. All right, we're going to take a brief break, and we're going to return to talking to Lone Wolf and Wolfetta 
shortly. South Point has more than 10,000 gains, returning more than 99%. This is more than anything else is. The promotion is in August is half-priced Walmart cards. Earn and redeem $25 worth of slot club points, which is $83.33 in August, and you get a $50 Walmart card. These points must be earned and redeemed in August. So if you spend your points on something else and don't have any points left, you don't get the gift cards. This is a promotion that you can, there's a limited 10, but this is a promotion that you can do as much time as you have. If you only have enough to buy to do it for two cards or three cards or four cards, there's no loss in EV to only doing it that much. Predicted.org, the market where you can place small bets on the occurrence of various political activities, mostly but not entirely in the United States. Most active markets now are who's going to be vice president nominee for both parties, actually. And you can bet on who's going to win uh, various offices in November, whether they're particular Senate seats or particular House seats or the presidential election itself. Our listeners receive a one-time offer of a deposit match up to $20 at predicted.org slash promo slash edge. You must play the money through at least once, and you cannot withdraw it for 30 days. Blackjackapprenticeship.com is an excellent site for those of you who wish to be successful at counting cards at Blackjack. They recently finished two boot camps. They're currently none scheduled, but there will be in the near future. If you go to the YouTube channel, you will see lots of videos where Colin Jones, the leader of Blackjackapprenticeship.com, goes over some basic stuff on blackjack. It is generally low-level and accurate information suitable for people just starting out. Once you get past that level, there are a lot more higher-level videos inside the paywall associated with the blackjackapprenticeship.com membership. At videopoker.com, this is the best place to play lots of games. If you sign up for the gold membership, $8.95 a month or $79.95 a year, this allows you to get correction on most of the games. The game of the week is Good Times Pay. Good Times Pay is a always a triple play game. You may bet between six coins and ten coins per line, and you get random multipliers, but it's always a bonus that pays even money. So if you're betting, uh, so EV doesn't change, just the variance. South Point, the best game is quarter, triple play, NSU, which is a 99.7 game, basically even money with their slot club. Uh, it's $7.50 per play. Um, it's often a game where I sometimes play it just while killing time, waiting for a nearby machine to open up. We are back talking to Lone Wolf and his young daughter, Wolfetta. So, uh, Lone Wolf, last time you were on our show, you talked about you were playing a lot of blackjack tournaments in addition to carnival games and blackjack itself. Uh, have you 
made any significant mistakes in that game where you're still talking about it years later? Yeah, um, I had one a couple years ago, sometime shortly after our show, that, uh, you know, sometimes you can do everything right for a really long time and then just make one stupid decision uh, because you're not paying attention. And it definitely is about you know, keeping your wits about you. Um, it was an invitation tournament, uh, no entry free, no entry fee, $50,000, uh, prize pool, 25000 goes to first place. And, um, but the, to get into the final table, it was one of these crapshoots that you, you know, just play 12 hands against the dealer and the top six totals or seven totals. I forget what it was. I think it might have been six, but the top, say the top six people get to the final table. So it's really a crapshoot. Um, but I generally spend all my time walking around, watching every other player, recording the top six totals I've seen, sit down near the end. So I'm greatly increasing my expected value by knowing how much I have to shoot for instead of just betting away until I happen to donk off all my chips. That I did well. Um, I still actually needed to get very lucky. I needed to about uh, multiply the stack I started with by about five or six times. I got lucky. I did that. I made it to the final table. Um, we had, I think, 12 hands. The final table, we're just playing against actual other people now, and I tend to come out conservatively to start, hoping a bunch of other people uh, fall off. No one actually fell off, but I got to the final hand in um, second place at that point, which was $10,000, nothing to sneeze at. Um, and the one person had been betting a little bit big, and he had gotten lucky. And before the final hand, they counted out everyone's chips so that we all knew what everyone had going into the final hand. And I had 3,300 chips, and he had 6,000. So my mind immediately said, well, and, and, and I would second. So, I mean, he just had to bet like 7,000, and, you know, except for a blackjack or something like that, there was no catching him. So I really just did not give any thought to catching that guy. And they went around. It was one of these ones also where they take turns going around the table placing your bets, and he had to bet first. I was not paying attention. He put a $100 bet out. I could have passed him. I should have gone for it because the EV of trying to earn 15,000 more versus the fact that if I, I could assume there was a couple people that were low that were going to go all in. I could have bet maybe 3,200. So I had a hundred left at the end of I lost. I assumed some people were going to go all in. So if the dealer turns over a blackjack. I'm still ahead of them. Um, the, the the reality was is that um, he uh, I did win that hand. Had I paid attention and realized he'd only bet a hundred, um, I would have passed him, and I knew that. I just did not pay attention. I assumed how oh, he's going to bet six seven hundred and put it away. So I didn't even pay attention. I was watching second. I bet my bankroll so that if we both lost, I would still be ahead of him. I bet according to second instead of first. Um, it was an error that I figured cost me about $4,000 in EV, um, in expected value. In actual value, it cost me about $17,500 because I did not bet enough to hold the guy off in second in order to guarantee basically third, which made sense. And if there was nothing else, he passed me. So I took third and won $7,500 instead of what should have been $25,000. 
And I don't mind not winning, but when you make the wrong decision and the, you know, I mean, I immediately came home and I, I played more that night, but then I came home and like that night I'm sitting there, pen and pit. Yeah, it was about $4,000 in EV. My stupid decision cost me, you know, and, and I made the right decision and not won 17500 Okay, who cares? You know, that's life and, you know, we move on. But having made the wrong decision and having cost me 17500 that was, it was a little disappointing. So I, I basically beat myself up over that for a while. I mean, it's not life-changing money. For us, I mean, we're older and pretty well established, but it stung a little. He uh, took that we... paper. <laughs> he, he took the paper that he calculated the EV on and hung it up on the fridge for <laughs> weeks so that he would never forget. Uh huh. This is this is an I am an idiot kind of a post. <laughs> I'm much. sure. I'm sure, Bob. You and I both had backgammon. The you know situations oh. like that where we made some wrong play and it haunted us for a long period of time. Well, backgammon and blackjack and video poker and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and marriage and all kinds of things. Yes. <laughs> so, um, do you ever enter drawings? I do. I do. Um, I, I, every so often you guys have that come up and yes, I do fold. Uh, <laughs> I, I've had paper drawings where I've been in and I, I definitely fold my ticket. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that checks all this stuff out. Uh, you know, I've even gone online before I know I'm going to go in a drawing and, you know, Googled what is the best way to fold a ticket and things like that. And you know, should I use my method or some other method? But yeah, I've been in drawings that, um, I, it does bring up a story of another mistake I definitely made at a drawing once. I was uh, down in AC and they had this little gala and uh, everyone got their name in a drum and and uh, they ended up pulling my name for a thousand slot dollars. And uh, I immediately thought at the time, well, I'm not a slot player. I didn't play any video poker or anything at the time. And when I went to get my thousand slot dollars, um, I said, well, can I have this as a direct bet or a match play instead of a slot speak a slot dollars because I don't play uh slots at all and they're like oh sure and I'm sure they happily say that because I knew that a direct bet or whatever or a match play is only worth half its value because you either win the thousand or basically you lose it half the time and it's only worth about 500 but you know, now, years later, I've added at least a little video poker for at least my free slot play and all that. And at some point, I realized, oh, my gosh, that was really a dumb thing to do. I sh even if I hadn't been playing video poker, I could have played it well enough to add better expected value on my $5,000, my $1,000 uh, drawing than I did in, uh, taking a match play, which is only worth half its value. Well, there are other options sometimes. Um, you can get full value table game that you, you can't cash, but they are full valued. And had they, uh. Well, those are different kind of chips, right? There are two different kinds. There's the kind yes. that are half value and the kind that are full value. So. Right. These were half value chips. It was put the thousand dollars down. If you win, you get a thousand and they take it. It's over. And if you lose, you get nothing. So you should win statistically about half the money. 
Well, I understand what a, a match play chip is, but should you? Sometimes they might have been willing to offer you full full pay, but not cashable. No, chips. it was either it was either take a match play or take the slot dollars. Well, you screwed up. I did. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at, at the old uh, MGM, they used to do that, and they had uh, that. This was back when you had to feed the coins into the machine, but they would give you these five dollar tokens so you could play five dollar video poker and and cash your thousand very quickly that way. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but but five thousand you can cash in those tokens at the cage. Well, yes, oh. actually, you you. Yeah, they told you you were supposed to play them through one time, but you're right. If you just went to one area with the and got the tokens, and then went to a different area and cashed them out, you could, yeah, not even have to run them through once. Hmm. All right. But uh, you know what? I mean, I felt like they were being so nice to me already and giving me these thousands of dollars worth of tokens. I I was okay with running them through one time. Yep. The. Uh... I was invited to uh, to play off somebody's chip. They had no idea of it, how to play, but they had won fifteen thousand or so in this drawing, and we couldn't come up with a good price of, uh, and we wanted to, but he kind of thought I should be willing to do it for free, and I kind of <laughs> thought I should be paid something, and uh, we. Could not come up to any deal, so I don't know what he ended up doing, but it, he didn't do it with me. Now, sometimes you want some match plays, but then you were barred at blackjack. What did you do then? Yeah, that actually came up last time. You corrected me on what I should have done then. It was uh, at the uh, Taj, they used to give me uh, $300 match plays uh, every month, and even though I'd been barred, they had forgotten to tell um, promotions that I had been barred, but Anytime I gave my player's card, which you had to do to give your match play in, they would say, you can't play this game. And, you know, I didn't think, hey, take that match play and go throw it at the craps table or throw it at pretty much anything else that I would have been allowed to throw it at. And, uh, yeah, it was, they were like $300 a month that I probably could have found some way to cash until they got tired of me not playing much with it. But, yeah, blew that as well. After the casinos have opened up, Again, during uh, from uh, being closed in May and June, have you had any interesting experiences with free play or anything like that? It's been a mixed bag. I know, um, and I forget which one of you. I, I know you guys were mixed what the casinos were going to do in terms of how they were going to try to bring people back. Um, I've had some casinos that um, are are willing to throw the world at me. Um, I've got one of my local houses that uh, if I went often enough. Um, I, I, I could have for July picked up over $3,500 in free play and they're offering me about the same in August, about another $3,000 in free play. I, I basically go every day to do it, but, um, it's, there, it's not nothing. It's, it's quite a chunk of change there. Um, but I've got another local casino that I think they realized, Hey, our tables are full anyway. We don't need to be enticing anyone in. Um, and they, my offers are minuscule compared to what they were before they closed. So it's been good and bad. I, I actually took a trip this last weekend where I kind of did a, a circuit around a few casinos over about a day and a half period so I could pick up about, uh, 
$700 in free play just doing that. So I have been getting some, some decent offers from some, and, and some of them have uh, been very stingy with them. So it's a little mix of what the two of you have said as to what you thought the casinos might do when they reopen. I have a question for um, Wolfetta. Um, you have uh, an extremely valuable and marketable skill. Um, are you playing as much as you would like to be, or have you thought about going out to, to play a lot more? And, I mean, do you work a regular job, or, or what's your thinking on all that? Well, I do have a regular day job, so I definitely wouldn't be able to play full-time. But for now, being younger, I don't really have the bankroll to go out and play by myself, especially hole carding. There tend to be much higher swings, so you could lose a lot more in one night than I think we do playing blackjack variants. So it would be really hard for me to go out on my own with the bankroll that I would have. So I, generally, I just play with him. First of all, I wasn't would, suggesting I would, you I would, go out on your own. I would never suggest you go out on your own because you should not be the one betting the money. But I, you know, it would not surprise me if we got several emails from people saying, "Hey, uh, would Wolfetta be interested in reading for me?" And uh, <laughs> you know, so I, like I said, <laughs> you you have a very valuable skill. So. Uh, you should have Colin Jones contact her. She's on the West Coast out there. Okay, yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely would be nice to play more often, but the Lone Wolf and I are in very different locations right now, so we only see each other a few times a year in person. As I say, we we may start getting emails about this, so I just thought I would check. <laughs> and whatever your current job pays... I'm pretty sure Colin knows people who are willing to pay you more than that. All right. You know, it just, it reminds me, I have a friend who used to, uh, you know, he, he would go up and solicit women like in Starbucks that were particularly short. And say, <laughs> you know, and, and usually Asian women, just because again, that's a superpower. Um, and, uh, you know, so imagine some weird guy coming up to you at Starbucks saying, like, hey, are you interested in making, <laughs> making a lot of money by going on a trip to Vegas with me? Um, but, yeah, anyway, just had me thinking. Yes, it's yeah, definitely if, easy for uh, me if, to slouch. What did you say? Oh, I, uh, it's definitely easy for me to slouch very discreetly. Because I'm so young, it just looks like I'm being absolutely lazy and like I don't care about anything and I'm just slogging out a few hundred bucks and nobody bats an eye. All right. So uh, we are definitely not publishing your email address. But uh, <laughs> should, we, um, should we get inquiries, we know how to get in touch with you and... Um, and you have a potential to make some money if, if you wanted if you wanted to go that route. <laughs> oh, and, right. and just out of curiosity, are are either of you? Um, I'm I'm already assuming that Wolfetta is not, but uh, Lone Wolf, are you on any of the blackjack boards or the Discord blackjack Discord? I haven't been for a while. In my early years, I used to be on a lot of them, 
Um, but the last, you know, I'd say three or four years, I, I haven't been on them as much. If I'm looking into something, I, I might, you know, Google or look up on the boards some information. Um, but I'm not actively day to day and I don't have an ID that I post under. I haven't really been actively posting under any sort of ID since, uh, there's, um, things that I would send in for Frank Skullbuddy for, um, you know, giving updates on Atlantic City and things like that. Uh-huh. Very good. All right. We want to thank both Wolf and Wolfetta for uh, spending the day with us. It's been fun. At this time of the show, we like to talk about Recommended, where Richard and I have something that we want to share with you. And I can speak first and tell you I got nothing. Uh, <laughs> I've been spending all my time. All my, I've been writing a, a uh, six or eight hours a day on all kinds of different projects and not getting out. And so I've been kind of a hermit. The it is um, it turned out that when um, the quarantine started and. My life didn't change much. I just realized how much of a social misfit I was. It was uh, a lot of people um, when the quarantine started, their whole life changed. Well, mine didn't change that much. I'm still at home writing. And uh, so I'm not holding back on you folks. I just don't have anything. Richard, do you have anything for our audience? Well, I I will say that um, for me, uh, Netflix and and uh, Amazon Prime have been pretty dry lately. I, there hasn't been any new shows that I've been particularly enamored of. Uh, but uh, a book that I really liked uh, is called Born to Run. And it's about this Indian tribe in Mexico where these people run like 60 miles a day. That's That's their idea of what to do for fun. Um, and this book was so well written, uh, it almost made me want to go out and run. I, I didn't, <laughs> but almost. But uh, anyway, it's a fascinating book, uh, nonfiction, uh, about running, of all things, which I'm not, as I say, I'm not a runner, and, uh, but the book was just so well written that uh, I, I just really, really love that book. So uh, check it out. It's called Born to Run, and I forget the author's name, but. You'll find it. And and there'll be a link to it in the show notes. I think I might have read an article about that tribe. I've seen a TV special once on it. It's uh, fascinating. All right. Uh, Wolf and Wolfetta, did you have anything you wanted to share with our listeners? No, I'm sorry. I'm dry on that one. All right. So you're on my camp. Exactly. <laughs> I can give well, you okay, a recommendation. So Oh, I can give you a recommendation fitting of someone young. I just got into a new video game recently. It's pretty well uh -huh. known, but it's called Monster Hunter. Monster so Hunter. I'm a pretty big fan. Actually, what, you know what? Since you brought that up, I have to I have to just share this story. So I listen to a number of storytelling podcasts, right? Like The Moth and Risk uh, and Story Collider. And two of these podcast started advertising a game on your phone called Best Fiends. 
and they the people that uh were mentioning it were not game players at all and the the people at best fiends told them you know try this game at least till you get to level 30 and so i thought okay i'm going to go see what it is so i went and i played until level 30 and uh, it's a game kind of like candy crush only more complicated more thought involved so i contacted them and i said hey like, these people are storytellers. Our audience are a bunch of game players. You should be advertising on our show. And basically, I never heard back from them. But, um, yeah, so I kind of got hooked on that game for a while. Best Fiends, it's called, if you want to. I, I feel bad recommending them just because they haven't decided to become a sponsor. But, yeah, that's my latest uh, time suck. Very good. Thank you, both of you. Thank you, Richard. Go out and hit lots of royal flushes, everybody. Good day. <laughs> Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 